Ferg, the time is greatly appreciated. How much did you enjoy getting to be back inside Jordan-Hare Stadium on Saturday night? Yeah, it was pretty fun. Um, you know, it's been such a long off season where we've talked about so much and everybody's kind of had the same arguments or non-arguments or whatever you want to call it uh, for a while now. So it was good that we finally got back to actual football to uh, write about and talk about. So uh, I'll always I'll always take more of that. So it was, it was good to be back. Uh, no, Did you have a, a lightning delay on your bingo card going into Saturday night? Felt like it was a pretty good possibility. Um, thought the forecast, like right before the game, kind of thought, okay, maybe this won't happen. Uh, but it got us. It got us, and we were uh, we were in there for about what an hour and a half uh, waiting uh, for the game to restart. So, um, you know, that's probably like the fourth or fifth time I've ever been through a lightning delay at Auburn. So, um, you know pretty much well trained at this point (laughs) all right so let's talk about the product on the field 42 16 is the final score everybody wants to start with quarterbacks let's start with the starter how do you assess what tj finley brought to the table in week one i thought tj finley played a pretty good game outside of the two really big mistakes he made which were the two interceptions and they're big they're big mistakes um the first one was he's trying to force something into double coverage which usually not advisable anytime, but especially when you're inside your own red zone, uh, that directly led to Mercer's first touchdown of the game. Uh, and then, um, you know, his second interception, you know, if he aired that ball out well enough, he could have had a touchdown there potentially. Instead, he's off his back foot a little bit, underthrows it, interception. That happened inside Mercer's red zone. You know, even that's where the ball was caught at least and uh you know potentially taking more points off the board for auburn so outside of that though i mean at one point he he completed eight straight passes Uh, i thought he looked good running the offense i thought he had uh some good rhythm to him it's just it's just inconsistency and it's what we saw last season from him uh late in the year it's just the man can make really really good throws and he can be a really good quarterback just he's got to be a more consistent quarterback but I do think in terms of running the offense, operating it, looking smoother, uh, I think this offseason he has taken a step forward in those areas, and I think we saw that against Mercer on Saturday. He's just got to cut down the big mistakes um, because, um, you know, a guy like Robbie Ashford is just only going to get more confident and more, you know, locked into this offense the more time he gets. Something, Ferg, that I think a lot of people started to notice last year was wide receivers that just weren't creating a lot of space. They weren't getting very open. And I get that it's going to be really hard to evaluate that fully until Auburn plays Penn State and gets into some of the serious FBS competition. But through one game against Mercer, what did you think of the wide receivers trying to create space and running routes? Yeah, really good game for them, I thought. Um, You know, Auburn didn't throw the ball a ton in this game so they didn't have a ton of chances to like just stand out but there weren't very many times when there weren't at least somebody somebody open uh on, you know out there for auburn i think they finally had to scramble once i think uh ashford had to scramble once yes maybe somebody wasn't open on those plays but you know they got a lot of those guys in the game you saw maybe not capers and jay fair and omari kelly um you know guys who weren't even on the uh on the 2d depth chart to get into the game uh, a wide receiver. Um, I think last year, you know, the big controversy and the big problem for Auburn was wide receivers not doing things correctly uh, early in the season, um, which obviously led to the firing uh, of Corn Williams, and you know, and earlier in the in the season than anybody would have expected. Um, didn't really see that uh, yesterday. I read our Saturday yesterday. Asked Brian Harson what he thought about the receivers. He thought 
operationally they did a ton of good stuff. Javarius Johnson had an awesome game. Um, I thought you saw a really good game out of Shed Jackson as well. Other guys getting involved in the running game. This, you know, they'll get more opportunities to get the ball thrown their way. Auburn was very vanilla on offense outside of a few, you know, kind of fancy plays and uh, went run heavy by design. Uh, but you know, I thought the wide receivers played a really good game. I think it was just kind of proof, some early proof uh, of uh, Ike Hilliard's uh, involvement and kind of the benefits he brings to the table. And uh, we'll see if, he, if that group can to continue to progress this weekend. A lot of people talking about Cam Riley's big day on the defensive side of the ball uh, with uh, matching or exceeding the amount of tackles he had last year uh, in one, just one game this year. Um, other than him, what did you think of some of the newcomers, some of the guys stepping into starting roles for the first time and just kind of a, a good starting point for this Auburn defense? And Jason Jones down the middle of that defensive line is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, he, he really just kind of manhandled his matchups throughout the night. Auburn's uh, didn't allow pretty much anything in the running game uh, most of the way. Um, and so I think the defensive line did good at that. Um, secondary, I think when you started seeing some of the newer guys and younger guys getting into the game, you had some kind of breakdowns in coverage um, you know, towards the end. So they got to tighten up on that. I thought Keontae Scott played really well, um, You know, got, was around the ball. A good bit when he was in the game. Also was you know pretty good with a couple of punt returns that he had as well. So um, like what Keontae Scott brings to the table for sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean the, the day really belonged to Cam Riley. Um, and then Auburn's defensive front just got just got to get more sacks. That's that's the big thing for them. Is just they got a lot of pressure. They just need to actually convert into sacks. San Jose State might be the good opportunity for that. I don't know how many people know this because I don't know how many people watched the game or saw the box score. San Jose State gave up seven sacks last week to Portland State, um, which is an FCS team. I think Auburn should be able to uh, up that count a pretty good bit, uh, and maybe some of the young guys get involved in that. Yeah, I was about to, to say, Ferg, as we look ahead to that San Jose State game, obviously San Jose State almost lost that game as well. They trailed uh, for much of the fourth quarter. Uh, what realistically uh, can Auburn, I, I guess, Again, this is going to fall into another category game, so just clearly a level below what Auburn will face the majority of the rest of the season. But going from game one to game two, I guess, what are some of the main things that you feel Auburn maybe just did okay in game one that you would really like to see them do better in game two? Yeah, coverage, obviously, um, especially when guys scramble and kind of buy time. Uh, I think Auburn had some couple little breakdowns weren't as weren't as sticky on their coverage as they needed to be. I think the first unit in the secondary did a really good job. That kind of core four veterans did. But when you're playing some newer guys and some younger guys, you got to be good in that effort. Like I said, need to get some more sacks. Um, need to take all that pressure and actually turn it into some negative plays uh, would be good for Auburn. You know, cut down the turnovers on offense. Obviously, those were those were TJ's mistakes. But you know, it comes down to the team as well. Um, and then defensively, if you can take advantage and create some turnovers, San Jose State was one of the worst teams in college football last season at turning the ball over. They didn't have any turnovers against Portland State, uh, but and they've got new faces on their offense. But you know that that's an opportunity. I think Auburn needs to take advantage and just you know try to get some instant instant changes out there. Other than that, you know it's just continuing to develop some consistency and uh, taking a step forward from your wide receivers, your quarterbacks, and your offensive line. And I think the running game, if the running game can have the same game that they had this past week against Mercer, I think Auburn will be in a really good spot. 
24 carries for 181 yards and five touchdowns combined between Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter. I guess my question here is we we obviously feel really good about what we saw if you're an Auburn fan out of those two guys. Uh, Damari Austin trying to be that number three back, though, was not able to break a big run. Uh, Do we expect to see more opportunities maybe for Austin at some point in the San Jose State game? Sure. Yeah, I think there there could be an opportunity for that. I think you know by the time Austin was in the game, they were playing a lot of second team offensive linemen, so it was getting a little tough for them to to kind of create those lanes. But um, Auburn obviously trusts him early on uh, to get him on the field. Um, he can do a variety of things. I'd be interested to see if he can do some passing game stuff for them as well. Um, but yeah, uh, the, that one two punch of Big Z and Hunter is so good that Hunter's that uh, I'm sorry that uh, uh, Amari Jamari Austin's opportunities might not be as prevalent um especially early in the season but um i can see them in this kind of matchup probably trying to give him a few more touches justin ferguson's here with us from the auburn observer follow him on twitter at j ferguson au how in the world does auburn best navigate this quarterback situation moving forward ferg because tj finley as you said played a pretty good game outside of two interceptions turning the ball over is something that you just can't do robbie ashford we saw the running ability the dynamics that he can bring to this offense you've got san jose state and you want to be at your best before that penn state game next year or next week and before you jump into sec competition so how does auburn best navigate this quarterback position moving forward you sticking to what they're doing so far, honestly. I mean, I think Brian Harson and Eric Kiesa on the staff is like one of the only staffs in America that has experience making a, a multi-quarterback system work. Um, you know, I didn't think the flow was really affected. I didn't think like when TJ came in or out or Robbie came in or out, you felt like, oh, well, you know, Auburn lost their momentum on offense. Um, I think the only times Auburn punted were the drives where Finley was the only guy in the game. There were times when, when Ashford, there were a couple times actually where Ashford had a big play, a big run or something, and then TJ came right, right back in and ripped the ball downfield and made a good play right on top of that. So it's just, you know, don't – I know fans are going to watch that game and say, nope, it's got to be it's got to be Robbie Ashford. It's got to be Robbie Ashford. Well, number one, that's a game against Mercer. Uh, they're, the FBS, they're an FCS team. Number two, it's really the first opportunity we've gotten to see Robbie Ashford at all at the college level. Uh, number three, you don't want to jeopardize – your confidence in QB1 after one game where he, again, he played well outside of the two turnovers. Um, so stick to what you've been doing. Uh, I think you're going to see Robbie Ashford continue to grow in this offense. Um, I think they're going to you know, increase his role as time goes on. Um, but, you know, I, I think I think it's going to be one of those things where if TJ Finley can cut down on the turnovers and continue to operate the offense well, this will be his job where he still plays a key part. But I think Ashford just brings something different to the table. Um, and, you know, we'll see how it works against, you know, tough competition. But, you know, I'm of the opinion uh, that Auburn could make a multi-quarterback system work because this staff has experience doing that. Um, you know, you, you still need to be quite as predictable uh, as you might think you could be, um, you know, with, you know, a running quarterback and throwing quarterback. But as long as both those guys can kind of can do some of everything, and Auburn can go back and forth between them um, and, and, and keep the flow high, you know, and then the offense, I think it'll be fine. But don't overreact. Don't overreact to a really good game from Ashford. Don't overreact to the two interceptions from Finley. Um, stay the course and, and trust uh, what you learned this offseason, what you're going to learn in, in, in these games moving forward. 
Ferg, let's look at college football as a whole because we had a fun week one. We had uh, we had some beatdowns like Georgia murdering every single duck in their way. Uh, we we saw the Ohio State Notre Dame game be very competitive. We saw an upset with Florida beating Utah. We saw. Uh, a North Carolina App State game where North Carolina allowed 40 points in a single quarter and somehow still won that football game. Uh, what felt significant to you? What were you surprised about in week one? Um, I wasn't surprised that Georgia crushed Oregon. I might have been surprised at the scope of it. Um, Georgia's going to be really good, guys. I don't know what you, I don't know what we have to tell you. It's like, oh, they lost so much. Oh, uh, uh, no. Uh, you know, this Stephen Bennett is still a really good quarterback. They've got some freak shows at tight end. Um, that defense is going to be loaded with five-star talent. They're going to be really, really good. Oregon playing in the Pac-12 with a new coach, even with Bo Nix. Like, you know, they're just, it's a different class. It's just, it was, and that was kind of laid bare. Um, some really, really fun games. Uh, you know, obviously, um, you know, the backyard brawl was a ton of fun. Uh, Florida-Utah was fun. I think – I think that goes to show the other thing, like I just said with Oregon, it's like Florida's got the new talent or the new coaching staff. They're trying to reset and change a lot. Utah's really good, but it's just the football's just different over here. I mean, I think we can you know, go back to go back to the end of the Malzahn era. You know, two teams for Auburn that did not win the SEC, didn't win the SEC West, didn't even come close. Really, um, beat the Pac-12 champions in the opener. Like it's just. I don't know what I have to say other than just like it's different. It's different over here than it is over there, and that was kind of that was just kind of proof uh, even further. Um, but really, really fun game between Florida and Utah. Um, Ohio State Notre Dame was fun um, from what I could see. Um, I just think you know Marcus Freeman's defense is going to be able to keep you know keep them in, in striking distance, and maybe Ohio State's not the super well machine we thought they might be right off the gate, right out of the gate, but. Uh, really, really, really fun weekend, and uh, I think this upcoming weekend is going to be uh, even better. The floor is yours, Mr. Ferguson. Please give us a plug for the Auburn Observer. Yeah, auburnobserver.com. Uh, newsletter comes out pretty much every day of the week, uh, and a podcast as well that we do. You can listen to our recap episode uh, with myself and Dan Peck. Uh, on uh, Wherever you listen to your podcast, those are free. Our preview podcast will come out later this week, so we look ahead to the San Jose State game, uh, myself and Painter. You can get that with a subscription to the Observer, uh, AuburnObserver.com. It's $6 a month or $60 a year. You get every podcast we do, and you get every newsletter that I write. So the ones this week did a film room yesterday on all of Auburn's uh, Auburn's quarterbacks. A lot of stuff in there from that one. Uh, and then today uh, did a breakdown of Auburn's defense, what they need to improve on heading into next week. More newsletters to come, more podcasts. And uh, if you sign up and subscribe, Everything we do gets emailed to your inbox so you can read and listen on your own time. Uh, it's the easiest way to consume content, I think. Uh, and uh, once you're in, you're in. So auburnobserver.com, sign up, pay the subscription money, and you are in. We'll see you this weekend at the uh, at the stadium, Ferk. Thanks for the time today. Thanks for the visit. Yes, sir.